This is Halftime Adjustments on WPXI Now. Welcome to Wednesday, Hump Day. Yeah, it's feeling like spring. I'm Alvy Oxenrider, and welcome to Halftime Adjustments. Chris Carter pulled himself in from this beautiful spring-slash-summer weather to appear on this show, and I think he's there. Hi, Chris. I'm right here, Alvy. How you doing, my man? I'm ready for after this. You know, we had two days, two days where we were reminded not to complain about 65 or 62 or even 55. It went down to winter there for two days. But now we're back. We're not only back to spring, we're back to summer. And uh, yeah, we can start talking about the Steelers because summer is when it, the things start to heat up with football. And, you know, a lot has happened, uh, you know, in this offseason, not a whole lot with the Steelers, but there have been some. Uh, some, uh, you know, eyebrows raised a little bit by Stephen Nelson and some comments that he made about Cam Sutton. I, hey, listen, this is a guy that's feeling the pain after becoming what he calls a cap casualty. What is your take on uh, Stephen Nelson? You know, not just keeping quiet about it, but letting everybody know that he thinks he was the best corner on this team. So for our viewers to catch up, you know, we, we know Stephen Nelson was released by the Steelers. But our, Dale, our own Dale Lolly at DKPittsburghSports.com wrote a story where he got a source that said the reason Steven Nelson you know, was released is because he didn't want to compete with Cameron Sutton at outside cornerback. And he, he went to the and, and began the Steelers st- told Cameron Sutton the only, that uh, a condition of part of him signing was that he would be able to compete for that spot and he, he wouldn't be competing with Joe Hayden. So Steven Nelson we were fi- fired back. He talked to Dale a little bit. Dale wrote it up. It, there's a whole chronological thing on DKPittsburghSports.com where you can catch up here. But the bottom line is that Steven Nelson's side of this, he said, A, I was never asked to take a pay cut, and B, I was the best corner on the Steelers roster, so I wouldn't have been the person that Cameron Sutton replaced. But I don't care what you what anybody says. He was not the best cornerback on that roster. Joe Hayden has been the best cornerback the Steelers have had in a long time and that's that's not that's not sliding people like ike taylor it's it's just the, it's just the truth and when you look at what consistently joe hayden was able to put put in put in year in and year out you know stephen nelson had a very great uh 2019 season he had, a, he had a solid 2020 season but joe hayden is taking away the number one receiver every game and he is the 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 you know the pin in the in the cornerback room that keeps it all together and we saw in games where Joe Hayden didn't play like against the bills where Steven Nelson wasn't able to take away a team's number one option and get chewed up a few times. You know, and, and listen, Albie, I don't think Pittsburgh should have any ill wills towards Steven Nelson. He is, you know, he, he, he fought his butt off while he was, while he was in the city. He, you know, he, or he helped solidify the Steelers secondary for two years and played really well. Um, the bottom line is he, he looking at, looking at this situation, he is looking at contract at his contract and he knows that at the end of this contract year, he has to hit free agency again. And if he's going to hit free agency, he absolutely has to be playing outside cornerback because if the Steelers just gave Cameron Sutton his job at outside cornerback and bumped him to slot, the whole NFL would see him as a slot cornerback and slot cornerbacks do not get paid huge money in the NFL. Go look at what Mike Hilton's making from the Bengals. It's not nearly as much as what Joe Hayden or Steven Nelson would have been making in uh, for, for the Steelers in 2021. It's just a fact. So I, I see this more as a mover to protect his future. This is the last big contract opportunity he'll have in his career at 28 years old. 
I, I don't have a problem with him doing this, but I do disagree with the notion that he was the best cornerback on the team. Granted, he's a competitor. He's supposed to feel that way. Yeah. Are you surprised though, that, that he, that he said that about a former teammate and Hey, listen, it's tough to leave a job sometimes. Uh, but, but, you know, sometimes it's better just to keep your head up and keep your mouth quiet. I'm, um, I'm not sure if I'm surprised. I think that Steven, Steven Nelson's always been a guy to challenge narratives against him. Like when the Steelers brought him in, he was the most targeted cornerback in the NFL. And a lot of people said, oh, this wasn't a good signing for the Steelers because blah, 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 blah. And he told me, well, then I'm going to prove you guys wrong. And he did. He proved that he was a legitimate starting cornerback in the NFL. Now, should he have, you know, should he have fired back and sort of, you know, br- you know brought Cameron Sutton to the mix there? Maybe not. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, this guy is trying to make money in free agency. And I think he saw a threat of a narrative because it's not what Dale wrote. Dale didn't, you know, say that he was running away from Cameron Sutton, but some people took it that way. And when he, and when he did that, and when he did that, he said, when he saw that, so he will take it that way. He was like, well, wait a second. I need to clear the air and make sure that that's not people who people think I am. Otherwise that's going to hurt my stock. So I get making this, this, the, the response, but I don't think I agree with you that he shouldn't have uh, have kind of gone after Cam Sutton in the little bit of ways he did. But again, I don't think this was egregious. I just think that it's it shows all the different angles that we don't know exist when people when we start talking about why someone got cut. Because remember, Alvy, on day one, the blame for uh, Stephen Nelson going was Juju Smith Schuster, and it was his money, and it was the, that was the reason they had to get rid of him. And then we found out hours later that wasn't the case. And even now to this day, there's people pushing that narrative. So. Um, you know, I think that's that's the biggest takeaway here is we just got to be patient and learn the background behind how some of these decisions come into play. Um, and hey, I think this also says another thing. The Steelers really believe in Cameron Sutton as an outside cornerback for their future. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And one of the things that we're looking forward to, although there are a few things between now and then, it's the NFL draft. And you're starting to see chatter now. You're starting to see mock drafts. And as we get closer, um, it's pretty clear where the Steelers are right now. They've, they've addressed their needs, and uh, it's, it's all about getting positioned for the draft now. It absolutely is. That's what this is right now is just, you know, continuing to evaluate talent. The Steelers have been on that for quite some time. They know who their targets are. They have their big board set up. It's going to be about what the other teams do. We're seeing a lot of teams trade into the top 10, Albie. That's because teams want to get some quarterbacks. And if the quarterbacks are going and the receivers are going and the offensive tackles are going, there's going to be some really interesting offensive linemen and running backs available for the Steelers when they pick at 24. All right, we're back. We're going to be talking about the Pirates today as well as the Penguins with the trade deadline coming on fast. This is Halftime Adjustments. Albie and Chris back after this. Welcome back to Halftime Adjustments. Chris and I are socially distanced because we are coming to you with the magic of Zoom. Yes. All right, the home openers tomorrow for the Pirates, Chris. And uh, it hasn't been a great start on the road for the Bucs. Uh, but talk about 
what you might see going forward with the home opener. There are some uh, safety protocols in place, as you would imagine. And, you know, there will be fans, but it will be limited fans uh, based on how they're able to achieve those protocols. What do you what do you expect from all this? How do you think these new safety protocols will affect the fan experience as the Pirates come home to start their 2021 season? Well, look, Alvy, the the fan experience is what you're going to, the, 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 to PNC Park for. You're going to enjoy the skyline view uh, behind a baseball game. You're going to enjoy, you know, ballpark food and drinks and beer and, and you know, so the establishments in, in the ballpark. Everybody who goes to this stadium knows that Pirates are probably going to catch a big fat L. It's just what's happening right now. And, and I mean, we saw it with this, with these, with these opening road series, they're just getting shellacked. And it was great that they snagged one of the first game of the season when they were able to say, okay, we got one win, but if they continue to play like this, Albie, that might be their only win in this whole month. Yeah. And I, I think it's, uh, you, you know, you always want to have a good start to come home. I, you know, I know a couple of years they've come home with decent records and there, there's a little bit of a buzz. Hey, they started off the season. Well, you know, um, they went into this season with very low expectations. So anything that happens, I don't think it's going to necessarily surprise the fans. The fans, I think, uh, even those most optimistic fans, are prepared for a rough season. So as you just said, you go to PNC Park, it's a nice uh, uh, spring, summer uh, night experience. You get to get on there with the family, even if you have to uh, – be socially distanced, even if there are fewer fans. Um, it's the experience of seeing that skyline, of enjoying a, a spring or a summer night and uh, getting something to eat and watching the team. You're not necessarily going there to see the uh, the, the division champions of the future. Right. And, and Albie, again, the reason why this aesthetic is so important right now is because people have been able to do this for over a year. It, it, you know, the, the, with COVID-19, everything was shut down. Being able to attend sporting fans, events at all it's exciting right now. And that's why I get why people are excited for just being able to experience that. And listen, there's either the casual fans or the serious fans. The casual fans, you don't care if they win in the first place. If they lose, you're probably like, oh, shucks. And, but, but you won and you spent some money on hanging out with your friends or your family and you had a good time, good time out and the game wasn't that important to you. If you're a serious fan, you know what you're getting in for. And if they're people, serious fans who paid to go to the game, you knew what you were going to see, but you wanted to be able to experience just being in a ballpark, which is something that, again, we haven't been able to do unless you're covering the game. So I, I think anyone who goes to the game will know what they're in for. It'll still be an okay experience for them. They'll still be able to have fun and plan plan other things around it. But it's just the reality. We knew the Pirates ha had to tear things down. We knew that this, that this time was coming. This is just the dog days that Pirates fans are going to have to suffer through. And as I said last week on the show, and as I will continue to say until we see different from the Pirates, I think Pirates fans, what, what you should get, get the joy out of this is look for the diamonds in the rough, the guys who might become part of the future and figure things out for you and be part of when they actually do become competitive again, even if that's three, four, five, six years ahead, ahead of right now. But, you know, anybody who's watched the Pirates knows what the deal is. And I don't think there's any illusion for those who try to say that. And if you want to say, let's go Bucks, that's fine. You're a fan. That's, that's, what, that's what fans do. Even in the worst of times, you're still hoping that, that they find a way to pull out a good moment for you. And if you get a, a good moment out of this season, that's great. But the bottom line is they're probably going to end up with the first overall pick again next year. 
Yeah, you know, you make an interesting point about, you know, it's all about just getting to see baseball again. If, if you consider that you – let's say you saw Pirates home game in September of 2019. That's 18 months ago. Yeah. Uh, since you've yeah. been able to see your team. Uh, so, so that in itself, you, you know, and I'm not trying to make excuses for the Pirates, but, again, expectations are low. Nobody expects them to win. Who cares if you get out and see a win? I think fans are resigned to just going down there, having a good time, and seeing them in person. Mm-hmm. which is a big deal after 18 months. Right. And, and again, this is not to say that the Pirates, you know, can't be made fun of for that being the fact that the only reason people are going is for the feeling of experiencing a baseball event. You know, that's, that's you know, it, it's, it's still like, dang, this is really rough to watch. But again, we knew this going in. This is no surprise. It's no new news when you bat, when you bash the Pirates. Um, and they're, they're, the, they're the whipping boys of Pittsburgh right now. But uh, again, I think that the, the you know for the people who want to find ways to enjoy uh, to enjoy to enjoy the baseball experience, absolutely go do it. It's still fine. I mean, I, I have fun. I mean, heck, Albie, I grew up. I was born '89, so well, by the time I was sports watching age, the Pirates were bad until like the early 2010s when you saw Andrew McCutcheon and those guys start start to come, come into their their careers. So for most of my childhood and adolescence. I, the, the pirate, all of it actually. The pirates were horrible, and they were getting they were getting the beat out of them all the time. But I still grew a love for the experience because I'm like, it's it's baseball, it's sports, it's the excitement of the things. It's you, if you get to see a great home run here and there, or you experience just being out with your family or your friends, that still has value. And I think that that's where pirates fans are going to get the joy out of out of this year, and probably next year, and maybe even the year after that. Yeah, I don't. Uh, you know, I'm not one of those people that thinks. Uh, you know, take your lumps this year and then the Pirates will be competing next year. I do expect, uh, I do believe this is a different uh, rebuilding process than we've seen in the past. They, they are restocking and, uh, you know, it may take some time. I'm hoping that maybe by the middle of next season, uh, the Pirates are showing signs that they can compete, but we'll have to wait and see. But in the meantime, get out there and enjoy the experience, as Chris mentioned. All right, back with the Penguins as the trade deadline approaches. This is Halftime Adjustments on WPXI Now. Welcome back to Halftime Adjustments. I think spring is here to stay. <laughs> what's so funny, Chris? <laughs> you know what's funny. <laughs> I do. All right. I do think spring is here to stay. Uh, and spring also means hockey playoffs it might go a little deeper into spring into the summer this season the penguins certainly hope it does uh it will one way or the other penguins are hoping they're part of it deeper into the summer uh but in the meantime the trade deadline is approaching and listen we've seen a lot of good things out of this penguins team and 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 they have they have shown that they can compete in this very difficult division they have however had a couple difficult games in a row they've given up 15 goals in two games Tristan Jari came back last night against the Rangers, and, uh, well, he didn't make it through the entire game. That's all you need to know. (laughs) What do you think with the deadline on Monday, Chris? Uh, (laughs) I'm serious when I ask you what you think here. Uh, the (laughs) The deadline is Monday. What do the Penguins have to do, in your opinion? Uh, Will they make a move? Uh, and, and do you think that this is something that, uh, you, you know, they have to do in order to compete and get 
deeper into the fall, into the playoffs. It doesn't matter what I think, Alby, but it does matter if, if Ron Hextall and Brian Burke are going to pull the trigger. Because <laughs> when you look at, at, at this team right now, I know that there are some Penguins fans who are a little panicky right now because, yeah, on, on Saturday, they got shellacked 7-5 by the Bruins, a team by who they looked confident beating just the Thursday before that. And then on Tuesday, they give up eight goals in a shellacking to the, to the Rangers. And those are two teams you cannot afford to lose to um, in, in, in their division. Um, and, you know... I still think that, again, this is what we just talked about last week on this show, Albie. The Penguins have bought themselves capital to have some struggles in April. Right now, they're still up four points on the Bruins, nine points on the Rangers, and, uh, and nine points on the Flyers. They've given themselves some space to, if they stumble here, that they're still in the mix. Imagine, Albie, if they had lost a lot, if they had lost, you know, maybe like three or four more games in March, if they hadn't gotten some of the, some of those some of the points that they were able to get, they'd be in a much rougher position. Then they they may be on the fringe of getting pushed out of the playoff picture. But as it stands right now, they still have have that capital. Now, does this mean that maybe with these two losses, maybe this is what Bron Hextel and Brian Burke needed to say? Hey, we do need to make a push into into the, at the trade deadline because you know if you looked at how March went, you think you know what this team's fine. Let them let them work. Uh, but of course, Malkin coming back and skate and skating for the first time on Wednesday—that's huge for the Penguins. I just—I I feel like this this team—they look like they can still compete. And I said this at the beginning of the season, before the season. As long as you still got that 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 nucleus that you've been building these last few championship teams around with the star power that's here, you can build around them and keep adding pieces. And if you think that you got a chance to to, to win the title, as it was looking like maybe you did, invest there. I get the feeling that if, you know, sometimes you need to make trades in order to spark a team. Yeah. Uh, maybe you're missing something that you, you want to add some ingredient to your, to your roster. Listen, this is a team that we know can compete. They've competed all season again in this very difficult East division. So I think sometimes the best move you make is the move you don't make. I'm a big believer in chemistry. As you know, I, I think chemistry uh, to a team is sometimes more important than talent. Uh, sometimes you get a, 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 a athlete with lesser talent and because he's able to fit in to dovetail with the other players on the roster, uh, you actually get a better performance out of the entire team. I'm not suggesting that the Penguins should absolutely not make a move, but I think you have to think long and hard about this because this is a team that's put itself in nice position. Listen, they may fall down to the fourth spot. Um, but but I think it's uh, a reasonable bet that at this point, with only whatever it is, 16, 17 games remaining, that this team's going to make the playoffs. It's not a matter of making the playoffs. It's a matter of positioning now. Obviously, you want to continue because anything can happen. You want to continue what they've done. But they've proven they can they can win in this division with this tough division schedule. So maybe your best not to make that major move that would disrupt the chemistry and, and roll the dice that you think you have a team that can compete not only in this division in the regular season, but into the playoffs. I, I think that's something that's definitely considered. And, but who knows, Albie, maybe sometimes the addition of a player creates a chemistry that, you know, the chemistry that you're right, looking right. for. And, right. and so, but I, I agree with your sentiment here in that the Penguins need to not, don't look at just like, Hey, we're just going to add some guy who scores a lot of goals or, Hey, we're just going to add this guy who does the, who hits, who hits people really well at the blue line. You want to, you want to get a guy who fits into a role that will, that will help be the glue 
to the Penguins' current nucleus. You're not looking for a new star to change the entire entire lineup. You're looking for someone who can, you know, give you give you some important minutes on the ice and say, hey, that shift that you gave was really good. It re-energized the team, or it or it gave the main lines that we the main guys that we need on on the ice gave them their break and made them you know have more energy when they come back out there. So, yeah, Albie, I'm right with you. If they make a, a trade at the deadline, it needs to be, you know, for a player who they really think fits in with the team. But it's going to be interesting to see what Ron Hextall and Brian Burke think is that addition, because these, this is going to be their first real big moves of their of their tenure with with the Penguins, considering they took over midseason. So uh, this could this could be this could be great for the Penguins. It could be disastrous. Um, but ultimately, this is going to be a huge part of how people look at their uh their their time managing this team yeah and i also think it's interesting you know that the, the trade deadline um is so uh, the, the end of the regular season is is not very long after the trade deadline so whatever you do if you want to create chemistry or if you want to maintain chemistry or if you want to address a need whatever it is you're going to have to see uh, you're not going to have much time to let this thing play out uh, because the playoffs start and then it becomes an issue of you know, do you want to play the the Capitals? Do you want to play the Islanders in that first round? I mean, who, what teams do you think you match up against best? We'll talk about that at another time because uh, our time is running out here on halftime adjustments. We're back with our final thoughts. It's Chris and Albie on WPXI now. Welcome back to our final moments here on halftime adjustments, and Chris. I want to leave you with the uh, Baylor win over Gonzaga. Uh, and, and this is not a criticism of Gonzaga because I think Gonzaga had a great season and they are, in fact, a great team. They played a very solid schedule. However, I think when you face teams like they faced, especially the last two games against UCLA, the game that they won with the, with the big three, you know, the mega three-pointer, and, and then the final game. You know, sometimes those guard when you get pro guards against you, you can't do what they've done all season long. In the end, they were a West Coast Conference team, uh, and they were beaten by a better team in Baylor. I didn't know if Gonzaga would lose. They not yeah, only lost, but I think they lost to a better team. Yeah, they, they definitely lost to a better team. And I said this at the beginning of the tournament, Baylor was my team to win it uh, for, you know, in the during my pools. I, I just – I thought their athleticism, their length – their ability to shoot from outside and their defense was going to challenge Gonzaga. You know, Gonzaga can beat teams that don't have that supreme, that, that supreme talent and that supreme effort. Baylor brought both, and I thought it was going to be close, but they blew them out. All right. Thank you. Congrats to Gonzaga. Great season, but Baylor's the champ. I'm Albie Oxenreiter for Chris Carter. We'll see you next time right here on Halftime Adjustments.